Welcome to the Peavine Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Joel Sutherland. We take timeless biblical truth and help you to apply it in the context of your daily life. If you'd like to join us live at one of our campuses or stream one of our services online, go to peavine.org for times, locations, and more information. You have your Bible, 1 John chapter 5. 1 John, it's almost at the very end of your Bible, right before the book of the Revelation, 1 John chapter 5. If you're joining us online, Dalton campus, Rossville campus, thank you so much for being there today, engaging with us. We sure, sure appreciate you being engaged today. I, I started a sermon series last week called The Will of God, What Does God Want From Me? And we get hung up on the who, what, when, where, Questions of the will of God. What does God want me to do? Where does he want me doing it? But those really, those are secondary. There are some things in the Bible that God lays down as his will, and it's there that we ought to start. It's there that, listen, if we're not obeying this general will of God, I'll call it, in the Bible, that uh, we're really not going to find out what he wants from us specifically. And so last week, I looked at what does the Bible say? Because here's, here's what you're going to see from time to time in the Bible. You're going to see that phrase, uh, the will of God, right? And so when I see that phrase, I need to pay attention to that kind of wording when it says the will of God. Jesus said, you know, who, who are my mother, my father, my sisters, my brothers? Who's my family? Who are those that are intimate with me? It's those who are doing my will. Well, let's find out what that will is. And so last week, we looked at it's the will of God for us to be grateful, for us to be thankful. Today, I, I want to look at that phrase. We find it in 1 John chapter 5, and I want to preach on this subject, unstoppable prayer, unstoppable prayer. What is it about the will of God in its association with our prayer life? I, I want to be honest, there's probably not a person in this room or outside of this room who's watching me that doesn't have a problem with prayer. You have an issue with prayer. You never really feel like you quite connect. You never really feel like you're really, um, you know, you're, you're just in tune with what God wants in your life when it comes to your prayer life and you feel inadequate when it comes to prayer. There's a reason for that. Prayer was never meant to be that way. The Bible says if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, that you could say to a mountain, be moved and be moved. Well, where, where, how do I get that kind of prayer? Well, 1 John chapter 5 is kind of going to let us in on this concept of unstoppable prayer. So hold your places in your Bibles. We'll stand and read in just a moment. Let me tell you about this guy. This guy is a guy by the name of Stefan Thomas. Stefan Thomas was the former uh, chief technology officer of a company called Ripple. And uh, Stefan has what is called an iron key encrypted hard drive that had 7,002 bitcoins on it. Now to put that in perspective, 7,002 bitcoins would be worth a little over $240 million. And he took those bitcoins as payment for a job he did of course, when he was paid with them, they were just worth a few thousand dollars, but because they've escalated, it's now worth well, well, well over $200 million. But there's a problem. The iron key encrypted drive, flash drive, 
is set up in such a way that if you enter the password 10 times incorrectly, it wipes the hard drive and you lose all of your Bitcoins. It's a security procedure. Stefan has tried eight times and he can't remember his password. He's holding an iron key with over $200 million on it. He's tried eight times and he still doesn't know his password. Well, he's kind of um, famous for this. He's walking around with $200 million check in his pocket he can't cash. So a company called Unciphered, founded in 2021, decided that they were going to attempt to break the Iron Key crypto wallet. They, there's other technologies when it comes to crypto, and they've been able to break all of those. And they finally discovered a way that they could break into the Iron Key crypto wallet, and they could disable the... Um, uh, erase your hard drive feature, which would then allow them to connect the iron key hard drive to a computer who could just keep trying uh, passcodes until they finally got it correct, even though it could try millions of hard drives. So Unciphered told Stefan, hey, for a certain small percentage, we will unlock your crypto for you. But Stefan Thomas had already told a couple of buddies, if you can figure out how to unlock it, I'll give you part of the earnings. Well, guess what? A couple of buddies hadn't figured it out yet. Unciphered is walking around and has proven over and over again that they can unlock this hard drive and he still refuses to let them do it. He's walking around with over two, uh, $200 million check, and they have the code, and he still won't let them access it. Finding that code is the key to his future. Finding that code is the key to his success. Finding that code is the key to his life. Why won't he let them find the code? Can I say to you, you're not walking around with a $200 million code in your life, but you're walking around with the code to what I would call unstoppable prayer that is just as important to you as that $200 million is to Stefan. You have a code for prayer that if we will follow this prayer code, our Christian life will be unlocked, our Christian life would be more of a success. As a matter of fact, I would not just call it a code for your prayer life. I would call it a cheat code for your prayer life. Now, let's be honest. How many of you are gamers? How many of you know what a cheat code is? Can I see, can I see your hand? Anybody know what a cheat code is? Yeah, a few of you do. If you're a gamer, you know what a cheat code is. A cheat code is something that you can do in a video game that would allow you to access features you couldn't access otherwise. The very first cheat code, and by far the most famous, was called the Konami Code, created by a man named Hashimoto, who was working on a Nintendo game called Gradius in 1985. He was a tester for this game called Gradius, and uh, 
you, you earned power-ups as you went through it. So he went in and as a programmer in 1985, created a cheat code that allowed him, he said the game was too hard uh, to test. And so he created a cheat code. He programmed it into Gradius so that he got all the power-ups as soon as he started. I bet there are people watching today who know what that cheat code was. You know why? The cheat code was up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B-A. How many of you have ever used that before? Yes, the room is full of people. Yes. They forgot to take it out of the game when they published it. And so the cheat code was published with Gradius, which made it even more popular as a game. And so other, other companies, Tetris uses the cheat code. They say it's programmed into Netflix somehow, that you can use it in Netflix. This net code has, this, excuse me, this cheat code has been around for 40 years. And it unlocks things you could not unlock otherwise. So go take a picture. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B-A. You never know what you're going to find. It's a cheat code. It's a cheat code. But yet in John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, you know what I have? I have a cheat code for prayer. I mean, let, let's be honest this morning. Can, can, we just, can we just, I don't care if you're at uh, Dalton, Rossville, Rock Spring, online. How many of you will be honest this morning? Honest, dead level honest, raise your hand. How many of you struggle with prayer? Can I see your hand? Can I see your hand? Just be honest. I, I do. I struggle with prayer. Right? Prayer is not the easiest thing we'll ever do. I, I would argue that, that we all need help in prayer. I would argue that all of hell comes against you when you try to study your Bible and when you try to pray. Those are the very activities that Satan will fight you on. Those are the very activities that Satan will come against you and all hell will be unleashed against you when you try to pray. So I, do I need a secret code? Yes. Do I need a cheat code? Yes. In 1 John chapter 5 is your cheat code to unstoppable prayer. Would you stand with me as we read it? And it'll be on the, in honor of reading the Bible, it'll be on the screen if you don't have your Bible. You're watching at home. 1 John chapter 5, look at verse 14. This is the confidence we have before him. If we ask anything according to his will. He hears us. And if we know that he hears whatever we ask, we know that we have what we've asked of him. I mean, that formula could not be more plain, right? We have confidence before him. If we ask anything, and there's that phrase, according to to his will. Thank you. You may, you may be seated. Before we get into this key passage, I'm going to take a broader look at prayer. You may be new to the Christian life and your question may be, well, well, why doesn't God answer my prayer? Like why, why does there have to be a cheat code? Why, why doesn't, doesn't God always hear me when I pray? But listen, the Bible is fairly plain that there are reasons and there are times in your life when God will not answer your prayer. There's some things you can do in your life that thwart 
God answering your prayer. I'd say this first and foremost. I don't even have it on the screen. But if you're not a Christian, your prayers are not going to get answered. If you've not trusted Christ, the Bible is very plain about the fact that if God is not your Savior, He's not hearing your prayer. But let's suppose that you are a Christian today. What would stop me from getting prayer answered. Well, the Bible tells us several reasons God won't answer your prayer. Psalm 66, 18, he tells us that sin will stop your prayers from being answered. Listen to me, church. If you are in open, rebellious, unrepented disobedience towards God, he will not hear your prayer. The only prayer he'll hear is God forgive me. The only prayer he'll hear is a repentance prayer. And there are often times we're trying to come to God in prayer and we have open, rebellious sin in our life, open, rebellious disobedience in my life, and God just simply is not going to answer our prayer. Well, what else? We're also told in the Bible, James 4 verse 3, that selfish motives will stop our prayers from being uh, uh, answered. We're going to even look at that again in just a moment. But James said, you're wanting to consume it on your own lust. You're trying to build your own kingdom. And uh, listen, when you're praying that way, when you're praying selfishly, God is not going to hear that prayer. By the way, God's not a genie in a bottle. And so he's not answering prayers. This is not, I'm granting you three wishes. What do you want? It, no, God doesn't answer those prayers. Number three, we're told that a lack of persistence keeps our prayers from being answered. He said in Luke 18, 1, therefore men ought always to pray and not to faint. Right? That there is something to you must understand that pray, the purpose of prayer is not just to get what you want. It's to build a daily relationship with God himself, a daily relationship with God Almighty. And so God wants you to come to him every day in prayer. God wants you to come to him with persistence in prayer. That's why you hear me talk so much about your quiet time, the time you spend with the Lord, your daily walk with Christ. God's wanting a relationship. And listen, God does not want you to parachute into your uh, into, uh, into prayer time, ask one thing and parachute out. No, God wants you persistently, constantly, regularly speaking with him and building up that relationship through prayer. So we're told a lack of persistence or even consistency will stop our prayers from being answered. James chapter one, we're told this, that a lack of faith We'll stop our prayers from me. Why would I be asking God if I don't think he has the power to deliver? We're told in 1 Peter that improper relationships will hinder our prayer. Uh, there's a reason Jesus said, hey, if you come to the altar and you have something against your brother, you go fix that first and then come back and, and we'll do worship then. 1 Peter talks about the husband-wife relationship, that if that relationship is not right, it'll hinder your prayers. And so we're told again, Mark chapter 11, that an unforgiving heart will hinder your prayers. We're told in Matthew chapter 6 that meaningless jabber will hear. So some people, they think their idea of praying is just repeating cliches over and over again. And Jesus said, that's not what I'm after. 
I'm not after the abundance of words. I'm after you building a relationship until we get to this point that I would call it unstoppable prayer. So James, so knowing all of that, all of that's got to be the backdrop for what First uh, John is going to say to us. How do we get to the place in our lives where we have this unstoppable prayer? Let me give you three things and I'll give them to you in a hurry. Number one, I'll call it the prayer clause. The prayer clause. James, uh, excuse me, John uses that phrase that we've got to know, right? He says it in verse 14. According to his will. According to his will. Now, let me tell you what the average Christian wants to do. The average Christian wants to jump, jump right to the promise of verse 14 and verse 15. Well, he hears us and he'll give me what I ask for when he hears us. But we can't jump to the promise and skip the principle that we are asking according to his will. What is the parenthetical phrase or what is the clause of unstoppable prayer? You've got to understand that unstoppable prayer begins with us praying according to the will of God. Hear me this morning. God and Santa Claus are not the same thing. God's not looking for a list of your wants just to give you your wants. God is looking for your will and his will to be aligned. One, one preacher of yesteryear said it this way. He said, prayer is a mighty instrument not for getting men's will done in heaven, but for getting God's will done on earth. Prayer is a mighty instrument not for getting men's will done in heaven, but for getting God's will. And so... We absolutely flip that verse, that, that quote on its head. We think that prayer is about us getting what we want done in heaven. As a matter of fact, if we were writing this verse on prayer, here's how we would write it. If we ask anything, he hears us. That's how we would write the verse. As a matter of fact, that's how we live out the verse. That's how we live out the verse. Well, God, you, I, I'm a Christian. You're supposed to hear my prayer just because I'm a Christian. If we ask anything, he's going to hear me. Listen, real prayer, answered prayer, unstoppable prayer is when we are praying in alignment with the will of God. Prayer is weak when it's centered around our will. Prayer is weak when it's centered around our kingdom. Prayer is weak when it's centered around what we want, but it is strong, it is unstoppable when it is centered around the will of Christ. What is unstoppable prayer? That is when you find out what God wants for your life and you ask him that. We come up short on prayer because we're asking for what we should not have. If you're a parent, you've You've gone through this, and if you're not, you still, you still get it. I can't tell you how many times um, we uh, took our kids to sit on Santa Claus's lap day before Christmas. And our kids would sit on Santa Claus's lap, and Santa Claus would say, what do you want for Christmas? And, and they'd tell him, you know, I want a, I want a dollhouse check. I want a basketball Good to go. And I'm on a horse. Wait, what? I'm on a horse. 
Have you know Santa Claus never brought a horse to our house? Do you know why? His will and mine will never line, her will and my will never quite lined up on that. I mean, here's the truth. As long as my little Savannah, as long as my little Michaela was going to sit in Santa Claus's lap and ask for what was my will, we're good to go. But the minute you bring up a living, breathing creature, you've left my kingdom and gone all the way into yours now, and it's not going to happen. Listen, that silly Santa Claus illustration will tell you exactly how to get your prayers answered. Look at, what, look at what the rest of the Bible says. We miss it so many times. John 14, 13. Whatever you ask, what does it say? In my name, I will do it so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. How about this? Matthew 6, verse 10. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is unstoppable prayer. What you're asking for in the name of Christ is unstoppable prayer. We look again, John chapter 15. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. What does that mean? That means when I am residing in Christ, when I'm living in the word of God, when I'm living on my knees and Christ is living through me, get this, my wants and my desires are his wants and his desires. You know why your prayers are not working? Who's, because answer this, whose kingdom are you trying to build? Does God care about your needs in life? Of course he does. But here's what he said in Matthew chapter 6. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things will then be added to you. See, God has promised in the Bible to supply your needs, not your greeds. And he hears us when my will is aligned with his will. You want an unstoppable prayer, I'll tell you this. You get down on your knees and you pray to find out what the will of God is and ask for that. You pray to build his kingdom, not yours. You pray for his righteousness, not your wealth. And when we, the prayer clause is according to his will. An unstoppable prayer is when I know the will of God for my life and I understand the will of God for my life and I'm praying for his kingdom and his glory and not mine unstoppable prayer number two i want to show you not only the prayer clause but number two i want to show you the prayer confidence we find in these same verses verse number 14 he says this phrase and and, and i've already pointed out to you he said this is the confidence now when i gave you point one some of you just got discouraged about praying right well, I don't know if what I'm praying for is really the will of God. I don't know 
if what I'm praying for is my kingdom or his kingdom. And the truth is we really know, but the, 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 John told us this, that there is a confidence that we can have in prayer. I, I want to show you this word confidence. It's important. I don't often uh, just put Greek words on the screen, but let me do this for you here. The word confidence, parisia in the Greek, but let me tell you what the word means. It's, a, it's an amazing word in the Greek. It had two connotations to it. It had a political sphere and a private sphere in which it was used. In the political sphere, it signifies the right to say anything, free speech, we would call it, and openness to truth and candor. That's how you, it was used. In the private sphere, it meant frankness or candor. It means the confidence to speak freely. Now, when the, words were, the word was used, it meant that you were in a situation that you could say whatever is on your mind, that you were allowed to speak whatever was on your heart. So in a political realm, it meant you had free speech. We have that right in America, and I can say whatever I want. In a private realm, it meant, I love this, that you were in a relationship that was safe. I mean, how many safe relationships do you have in life, Right? You're in a relationship that was safe, and when you're around that person you're safe with, you're not holding back. You can, you can express your feelings, your heart, however deeply or intimately you want to express them because you're in a safe space where you have the confidence to speak freely. Now, no other book uses this Greek word more than 1 John. It's used four times in, in 1 John. It's used three times in prayer. Let me show you here. Uh, at 1 John chapter 3, he said, Dear friends, if our hearts don't condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive whatever we ask from him because we keep his commands and do what is pleasing in his sight. Again, we have that word confidence used about prayer. In other words, where does my confidence in prayer come from? It comes from we approach prayer boldly because we know that we are walking with God. We are keeping his command. See, look, look right here. Let me, let me throw them up on the screen. I think I'm here. Yeah, so here, here's what he said in chapter 3. How can I approach prayer confidently? Well, here it is, 1 John chapter 3. When you keep his commands and you do what is pleasing in his sight, when you're keeping his commands and do what's pleasing in his sight, listen to me, I can walk into the throne room of prayer and when my requests are aligned with heaven and when my life is aligned with the word of God, I can confidently come before God in prayer and know he's going to hear my request. If you don't know him, if you don't walk with him, if God is a stranger, when you try to bow your head and pray, you will have no confidence in your prayers. Your healthy relationship with Christ, right here on the screen, gives us the confidence we have. Why? Because I know he is my heavenly father. He has my best interests at heart, and to the best of my ability, I'm living for him, living righteously and holy before him. And when I'm living in that state, it's not self-righteousness, it's righteousness. When I'm living in that state where I can look to God and say, God, as far as I know, there's no unrepentant sin in my life. God, as far as I know, I'm keeping your commands. God, as far as I know, I'm pleasing in your sight. Listen to me. When that Christian hits their knees, God hears and there's confidence on earth. I'll get whatever I 
ask. My grandkids come over to my house and um, Sherry and I buy more groceries for our grandkids than we do for us. That's a literal fact. And we have a cupboard and my wife bought um, uh, some baskets that go in our cupboard and she did it so she could put all of their stuff on a um, on a lower shelf, and they walk in our house. Our, our, our kids will tell you, my son-in-law will tell you, they walk in our house, most of the time, they go straight to our pantry looking for stuff they want. Now, I've got one particular grandchild who it's an obsession with him. Lucas is the one that, a pantry serious business. Matter of fact, he doesn't just go in our pantry turns the lights on, he goes in the pantry, and he shuts the door behind him. <laughs> he wants no interruptions whatsoever. As a matter of fact, I found out the other day that this is a daily routine in his own house. That every day at his house, he has to go to the pantry, open it up, and just look, and then go to the refrigerator, open it up, and just look until he decides what he wants. This probably doesn't have anything to do with the sermon, but I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you a 15-second video where he pulled out a jar of jalapeno peppers and demanded that he be allowed to eat the jalapeno peppers. Watch this. What's wrong? Do you like it? No, you don't like it. It's so hot and spicy. I promise you don't like anybody. Uh, you probably could. He's, Mama, I like it. I like it. I like it. Let me go back to there. Mama, I like it. I like it. I like it. He does that at our house. He goes to the pantry and he looks. You know what we've never said to one of our grandkids in our pantry? You can't have that. That ain't my job. They pull down a bag of chocolate chips. Fine with me. I don't care. I'm not staying up with them at night. It's your deal. You can have them. <laughs> Whatever you want. I love, I love those grandkids enough. I've raised my two. I'm done. I've raised my two. This, I'm not raising. I'm, I'm enjoying at this point in my life. And so I, I, I'm, not, I'm not raising. And so you want something out of my pantry? It is yours. It's yours. Why? Because I love you so much. I'm going to give you whatever you want. And so you know what my grandkids never do? They never walk in and ask. They just walk in and take and I don't care. Now, can I tell you this? If I turned around and the neighbor's kids were in my pantry, then we'd have a discussion. You know why? I don't have a relationship with the neighbor's kids. I don't have a relationship with the neighbor's grandkids. But I, my grandkids can go in my pantry and get whatever they want because my love for them is that deep. Do you know your heavenly father this morning or do you feel like you're in the neighbor's house when you try to pray? The reason we don't have confidence in prayer is we are not walking with God on a daily basis. We are not obeying God when he speaks into our lives through his word. 
We're not learning about Christ. We're not, we're not in the Word of God. Listen to me. Your prayers will gain confidence. Your prayers will gain boldness when you are in a right relationship with the Holy God. If you do not pray, if you do not know God, and you feel like prayer, listen, if your prayers have to start off like this, Lord, you haven't heard from me in a while. My name is Joel. There's no confidence in that prayer. Show third thing, I'm finished. It is what I will call the prayer circle. The prayer circle. Why do I call it a prayer circle? Because it's all been going full circle to right here. And if we know that he hears whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him, right? All of this has been getting to the place where we know he hears us. And once we know that he hears us, here's what we know. We know we have what we have asked. That is, that is, it's coming full circle. When God hears our prayer, God answers. When God hears our prayers, God provides. And God hears our prayers when we are in alignment with his will and our life is in alignment with his word. And when those two things happen, what you have, ladies and gentlemen, is unstoppable prayer. The question is not, does God answer my prayers? The question really is, does God hear my prayers? Because 1 John 5.15 tells me if he hears, we get it. There are just times God's saying, I'm not listening to that. The state you're in, I'm not listening to that prayer. You're living in disobedience, think you're going to get something from me? No. You're asking for selfish motives, totally contrary to my will? I'm not, I'm not answering that prayer. I'm not hearing that prayer. I'm not hearing that prayer. But if he hears it, 1 John 5.14 and 15 come full circle. And we know we have unstoppable prayer. Stand with me around the room. I don't know about uh, I don't know about Androids, but can I can I talk about an iPhone for a moment? And I'm I'm finished in one minute. iPhones have a feature on them uh, that I love. If you go to settings, if you go to settings. And I scroll down to where it says phone. And I scroll down about the bottom middle of the page. There's a little setting I have turned on. It's called silence unknown callers. So I stop all of my spam, send them all immediately to voicemail. My phone never rings. Because if I don't have you plugged into my phone... I assume I don't know you. I'm not answering. But then I have this little thing over here called favorites. And I got all my family and favorites over here and pastors. If, um, if you're in my favorites, right now I've got do not disturb on my phone since I'm preaching. But if you're in my favorites and you call me, even when I have do not disturb on, it rings. You know why? Because if you're in favorites, it means I know who you are and I love you. You know why we're not getting our prayers answered? Because we're an unknown caller. 
trying to ring heaven. What you want to do is be in God's favorites. You can get through any time with unstoppable prayer because you're praying in alignment with the will of God and your life is in alignment with the word of God. And when that happens, anything you ask will be done. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? Thank you, Pastor Joel, for that great message on the will of God and knowing that it is God's will that we pray. In fact, we would say you can't have a relationship with Jesus without prayer. It is our way of communicating with God the Father. And um, maybe you've never started a prayer life or maybe your prayer life has gotten stagnant. I hope you've been challenged today to rekindle the fire of, uh, of prayer, that communication with God. Maybe today you understand that the prayer that you need to pray is, is the one that helps you put your faith and trust in Jesus. And that begins with you understanding that you're a sinner and that your sin has separated you from God. You've got to be willing to admit that. Secondly, you've got to believe that Jesus died on the cross, that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day to pay the penalty for your sin. And then according to Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, you believe that in your heart and you confess it with your mouth and you will be saved. And if God has spoken to your heart and that's the decision you need to make today, uh, simply tell God this, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm sorry for my sin. I believe that Jesus died on the cross, that he was buried and that he rose again on the third day to pay the penalty for my sin. And Lord, right now, through the power of your Holy Spirit, I ask you to take up residence in my life. Be my Savior. Lord, I give my life to you in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer this morning and you meant it with all of your heart, we want to celebrate that decision with you. And we want to help you take next steps on your faith journey with Jesus. And so if you would, click on the link. We've just dropped it in the chat box. It says, I commit my life to Christ. Click on that. We're going to ask you just a couple of questions. Fill that out and uh, I'll be in touch with you this week. It's been awesome to worship together this week. I look forward to our times each and every week. God bless you. Have a great week. We hope that you've enjoyed the message this week as we help equip you to apply God's Word to your daily life. For the latest updates about what's happening around Peavine City, be sure to connect with us on social media. For more information about Peavine, to get in touch with us or check out one of our services, visit us at peavine.org. Thanks for listening.